Welcome to Disaffected. I'm Joshua Slocum, and this is the show where we talk about politics, culture, and relationships through a psychological lens. Lens. And this is an exclusive interview today with the only man in Burlington, Vermont, who stepped up to defend Pride founder Fred Sargent when he was assaulted by our wonderful community this weekend. And we've got Kevin in here, too. Hey, Kevin. Good morning, afternoon, night. <laughs> morning. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> oh, look, I hear a Christopher, too. A wild Christopher has appeared. <laughs> Christopher Aaron Felker. And you're going to have to help me again, Christopher, because I always forget your official title. Please give us your official position with the Republican Party. So I am the chairman of the Burlington Republican Party and communications director in the Chipman County Communicating. That's Chipman right. County, I, GOP. Okay. So I was not at the Pride Parade in Burlington, but Christopher was, and we've all seen now what happened uh, to Fred Sargent. Well, and if you haven't seen it, you're going to see a lot more of it on our TV show this weekend. So be sure to tune in Sunday. We have video from this event that nobody has seen. Uh, you may have caught wind of this in the press, like in the Daily Mail, but we've got stuff you haven't seen yet, so definitely tune in. Um, Christopher, you were there. Why don't you just give us a summary of, of what happened that day from your point of view? Well, it was a, it was kind of an overcast day. I, um, I, left, I left here at home around 1130-ish uh, to go down to the Pride Parade. It was scheduled to start around 10. Uh, I knew Mr. Sargent was going to be in town for the Pride Parade, so... Um, I wanted to make sure that I went down there. It's, we, we tend to have pride here in Burlington. It's always in the fall, which is a, a wonderful time of year. It's not really when pride's supposed to be, but um, it, is a, it is a lovely time of year. You know, you're not too hot out. It's great for a, an afternoon walk around and a day in the park. So, um, right. you know what? I'm sorry. I'm sorry I have to interrupt because I'm a bad host. I need to set up for people who Fred is, who have, uh, for people who haven't heard of him before. Fred Sargent lives here in Vermont. Fred is one of the originals meaning he was at the actual Stonewall Inn. Yes, it was a real place in New York City in 1969 when the original Stonewall riots happened. And the next year in 1970, Fred was one of the main organizers of the first, I think they called it the Christopher Street Liberation uh, Parade, but basically the, the very first gay pride parade. So this man who lives here in Vermont and who was assaulted by the alleged LGBTQ community actually started the entire movement that that these pride parades depend on. So that's who we're going to be talking about today. He's also a retired yeah. policeman. Okay, I'm yeah. sorry, Christopher, please go ahead. Oh, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Um, so we were coming together for, for the pride celebration, and it's a big event here in Burlington. There are big events actually all around the country, all thanks to Mr. Fred Sargent and um, in commemoration of his work way back when in 1969 and 1970, which predates me. I think it actually predates all three of us. Um, so, I mean, I'm truly grateful and I've known his story for a little while now and I've known that he's been in Vermont um, enjoying his, his golden years. And um, he, doesn't very, he doesn't come to Burlington very frequently at all. So I wanted to make sure that I got down there to see him. Um, it's been years since I've marched in a pride parade. I don't know about you guys. Like when I was younger, I really used to enjoy marching in the pride parade, but it had a different tone and feel to it back then. In the last like five, six years, maybe it's taken on a more, a different tone. Uh, the, the messages that are um, intermingled in the, 
crowd with marchers has turned to a lot of, you know, all cops are bastards and get cops out of pride and can mm-hmm. I swear on here? Fuck turfs and all that horrible stuff that you hear about lesbians and how they hate on lesbians. Um, it's just, it's something that I, I've chosen to not march in anymore, but still attend. Do you, is that? Yeah, yeah, I understand. Well, I mean, there's some difference there. I think it's worth pointing out the difference between how this started and and what we call this today. Um, I may have gotten the the official name slightly wrong, but I know it was Christopher Street Gay Liberation. Might have been Parade, might have been something else. But this this event started not as pride you know we're taking pride in ourselves it started as we are pushing for legal enfranchisement we are pushing to to make it illegal to fire people for being gay we're pushing to get the same rights to rent a house or an apartment without being discriminated against uh simply for being homosexual but this has morphed over the past 50 years from liberation to uh, well, I would call it bondage and enslavement, <laughs> mental bondage and enslavement, or of course, fetish bondage and enslavement as we see out there on the street. But yeah, it's not the same as it used to be. It feels a little bit like, um, you know, those, have you ever seen those old comedy routines with the revolving door where you go in and you think you're going in the building, but you got turned around and next thing you know, you're outside again. And now you're trying to still go inside. It's like <laughs> yeah. it's a comedy bit. It's kind of like, it feels like that, you know, prior to the Stonewall riots, Prior to that uprising, um, you know, we were only able to gather in less than reputable establishments. The Stonewall <laughs> was controlled by the mafia, um, yep. and they routinely got shook down by the police. Uh, they would come in, uh, demand payoff from the um, from the mafia, and then they'd shake down and arrest or you know harass the gays that were in there. And that's exactly what was happening that night. Um, the, right. the police had come, they raided the establishment, they demanded their money, uh, they were escorting uh, the gays out and lining them up on the side of the building, and that's when Fred showed up uh, with his friends, and uh, that's when, I believe it was Stormy, uh, started throwing, uh, they started throwing coins and rocks back at the police, and that's when it all started. Chris, what was it and, that Fred did? We know he was assaulted, but what was it that Fred did to provoke the ire of his assailants at the parade uh last week this week fred came to pride to um peacefully protest and i don't mean he was setting fires to like the federal buildings Uh, he was just standing there with his he's a 74 year old man holding a sign a two-sided sign one side said gay not queer um i think that's messaging many of us can agree with since i know i for one still view the term queer as a slur I know that it's been levied at me as a slur. I know that people who attacked me on the street called me queer uh, while they were attacking me. So I still deem it a slur myself. I find it kind of repugnant uh, that many people in our own community try to, quote, reclaim it. But I find it absolutely despicable that those same people that think they can reclaim it can tell straight people to fucking call me queer. I'll be fucking damned if I'm going to have some straight people calling me queer. So what what was on the other side of the sign? The other side of the sign had uh, that red circle with the slash mark through it, a big no sign. Uh, And then it said um, in white print, no blackface, no woman face. 
And uh, I think we all know what blackface is. Um, it's a performance and an imitation of people done in a comical or mocking way, been deemed unacceptable by society and rightfully so. Um, and woman face is, it involves anybody dressing up and thinking that they can caricaturize female just by putting on makeup and a disguise. And that's yeah. what woman face is. That includes uh, trans-identified males, so-called trans women. It also includes drag queens. Right. And there's some, there's disagreement on that, you know, as for example, you know, I, I don't, uh, I don't share the opinion that, that every drag performer in every context is, is doing, you know, what they call woman face. But I mean, this is a point of view that is shared by uh, many, many actual homosexuals, you know, and, and I think that they are, you know, they certainly are making a comment on, well, look, I mean, let's just say, let's just say it what it is. That is what so-called trans women that we see the majority of them that that draw our attention that is what they're doing they are oh, yeah. impersonating women but they're not doing it like the female impersonator drag queens used to be called female impersonators they actually tried to emulate somebody like Barbara Streisand or Edith Piaf but that's not what these guys are doing they're not trying to create an illusion well they are trying to create an illusion but they're trying to force other people to claim that they don't see an illusion. They see a real woman, and that's what people are objecting to. So what did you actually right. see go down? What actually happened when you were there? Well, I, I got there a little bit early, and I, I had a nice conversation with Mr. Sargent. The parade was supposed to start at, at uh, 12, and it did not. Like like many gays, uh, we were fashionably late. I don't think the parade started till about 12.30, 12.29-ish. Um, you know, no hate. I totally get it. Trying to organize a large group of gays can take time for everybody to get their wigs on straight, I guess. Um, you know, <laughs> it's a it's a good time. And so it was uh, I had a great conversation with Fred. The parade started and um, then Fred pulled his he had his sign inside of a box. I, I Obviously, um, he pulled it out of the box and he um, he walked away from me and he walked up to to stand by the side of the parade. I chose to stay back a little bit more, but. That's because once it started coming up, they, you know, the crowd kind of wore, um, it kind of just moved towards the parade route a little bit. So I just, I stood back and watched. Um, Mr. Sargent was just stood there holding his sign up above his head silently. Um, he couldn't really say much. I mean, the man, he was wearing a mask, uh, you know, like a, one of those COVID masks. So it's not like you'd barely be able to hear them anyway. Plus there were on that block alone, a few thousand people just standing around. And so it was a rather noisy area. Plus, you know, a, a parade route is coming up the street and they've got a marching band and drummers coming. So there's, it was quite noisy. He, he wasn't saying anything. He was just standing there silently holding his sign. Um, the first few waves of the parade started passing by and then <clears throat> an individual had stepped out of the parade route. I'm not exactly certain which group they were marching with, but uh, an individual stopped out of the parade route. I, it looked like a, a drag queen or a, yeah, it looked like a drag queen. They were kind of really over the top um, and stared. How do you know that wasn't just a regular trans woman, just like living her best life, Christopher? How do you know it was a drag queen? You know, it, it could have really been either. It was, you know what? Let's let's use this terminology. It was a man in woman's face. Um, there you go. It was a male 
in woman face, uh, walked up and stood um, and postured right in front of Mr. Sergeant for a few seconds. And, you know, I think there was some hands on the hips action and, uh, you know, cocking of the head. And yeah. uh, then there was like the one hand came right up and snatched the sign and then kind of uh, strutted off, you know, like it was some kind of episode of RuPaul's Drag Race or something, you know. Um, and Mr. Sergeant, 74 years old, didn't give up. He followed in pursuit and um, he retrieved a sign and came back to the parade route, went right back to the same spot that he was at before. But at this point, um, when he returned to the route, individuals started approaching him um, to try and shield his sign from uh, from view. One individual approaching with a rainbow colored umbrella and he stood um, pretty much next to Fred. Uh, and tried to, you know, from my perspective, it looked like he tried to um, respectfully, you know, keep a distance while still trying to shield Fred's sign. You know, um, seen the video, that, I've seen the video yeah. and they were they were shielding and and yeah. begging your pardon. But that's not respectful. <laughs> well, I no, 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 no. Keeping maintaining a respectful distance while yes. still trying to shield the sign. Big difference in this. Um, yes, yes. Okay, and then uh, once one person had done that, another person came to do that. And then once you have two people who now have the center stage of this uh, in a large group of us gathering, that naturally attracted other people who wanted attention. And then in came uh, five or so other people. Now at this point, we don't just have two people uh, maintaining a respectful distance trying to shield Fred's sign. We have a swarm of individuals around a 74-year-old man. And they are all eight people, no, like eight or nine, nine people. Um, it, I would say six to nine, very okay. closely packed around him. And there, it's no longer the two maintaining a respectful distance, just trying to shield the sign. They are swarmed around him tightly and they're swinging umbrellas in every direction. So, I mean, that is, um, I mean, if you watch the video, they're shoving him at this point is when they start shoving him around quite a bit. Um, Shortly after that, you know, um, it's difficult to kind of see what exactly is going on right then because the amount of umbrellas that are around Mr. Sergeant's head and the way that they're swinging around, I mean, truly anything could be going on underneath, directly underneath that. It shields them from a lot of overhead security cameras and, and it shielded people, um, people in sight at times. Uh, but with chaos comes uh, more chaos and a, uh, at one point shortly after that, uh, you know, I saw a, a woman run from the one from the right side over to the left um, where Mr. Sergeant was. And then the next thing I knew, I heard somebody in the crowd say, oh, shit, I think somebody just poured coffee on him. And I looked over and I realized without a doubt, he definitely had something that was all on his white shirt now. And um, then within two to two to three minutes after he had the coffee poured on him. I saw, I saw a lot of pushing and shoving, and then Fred went right down. I waited for a, about a beat, you know, like a second, second and a half, and I didn't see him stand up. I actually kind of saw him shifting to the right, um, and it looked like he was being jerked. So at that point, I like started running over to the area and um, tried to confront the person who was assaulting him. 
Was this the same person? Yeah, uh, and you, if you haven't seen this, you will see it in the video we play on the TV show this Sunday. Was this the same woman with the blonde hair and the ponytail, about forty years old, who was ripping his sign down? Who, uh, who then, when somebody confronted her, said, "So what? I'm not hurting him." Same woman uh, yeah. or different woman? It's um. Well, I would I would temper the hair color. It looked more like um, like a light brown with quite a bit of gray in it, but um. That could probably show up as like maybe blondish. Uh, but yeah, um, upon reviewing the tape, um, the, the person that ran from the right side to the left with a cup in her hand, and then uh, Mr. Sergeant got the coffee poured on him. If you pause the tape, you can actually see it's the same woman because she's wearing the same outfit and still has okay. the same, her bag strap is going the exact same direction, same yeah. kind of haircut, you know, same stature too, very, very uh, short and um, round. Yep. Yeah. So it turned out to be the same person. Uh, she was yanking on him. Fierce. Yeah, she fiercely. was. And I was, I was shouting in, in her face, what are you doing? And she didn't care. She, she said, so what? I didn't hurt him. Well, so what? You, you just yeah. committed a crime in broad daylight, literally in front of like eight-year-old children. Fucking in, in six feet in front of eight-year-old children. Horrifying. No matter so how it, you feel about anything. We can all agree on a few certain points. As Americans, we had the right to protest. Mr. Sargent certainly had the right to be at Pride, number one. Everybody has the right to be at Pride, but Mr. Sargent has the right to be at Pride especially. Anybody can come and say what they want. And if you don't like that message, you have multiple options. You know, you can talk to the person about it. You can ignore the person. You can stand in front of them and try to shield the community from seeing the message, kind of like... Um, they did in Laramie, Wyoming, during the Matthew Shepard trial, when you know the West, uh, sorry, um, Westboro Baptist Church came to protest. They lined up in front of them and shielded the community from the message. You can do that, but once you start swarming somebody and shouting hate at them, and hitting them, and spitting on them, and pouring coffee on them, and trying to steal their property, and knocking them to the ground, and pulling them around, you've committed crimes yeah. publicly. Well, well when done, documented. Yep. Yep. When all these crimes were happening, so when this is happening, how many people from the crowd stepped in to help him? Nobody. Nobody did. Yeah. And this has what? been actually nobody, right? Nobody. Nobody did. And this is actually the hardest part about that. Is and it's I've I've lost sleep about this because it was maybe some people were just paralyzed in terror and horror about what was going on before them, but it's just, it's frightening to think that that many people could be gathered and not one step in. Not one of those 10 people that swarmed around him that really looked like they were having a grand old fucking time pushing around an old man for hours. Yep. Um, none of, not one of them had the integrity to be like, hey, just don't push him, just shield, just block his view. You know, like there's, yep. you know. Yeah, no, nobody did, nobody did. Not only did, okay, so there's a couple of things about, I really want to underline this for people. If you haven't seen this, Fred Sargent is a slim, trim, 74-year-old man. I would almost say he's slight. He might be between 130 and 140 pounds. You know, he's, he walks with a cane, right? This is an elderly gentleman. And these people swarming around him, most of them were in their early 20s. The absolute hatred and gleeful sadism of these young people, they were getting off on hurting this old man. Now, that's bad enough. 
But those young people weren't the only people I saw in that video, Christopher. I saw families with children. I saw middle-class families with children in strollers, men and women, moms and dads. I didn't see one single person do anything except you. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. You're, you're absolutely right. And that's, that's, um, it's kind of equally horrifying because, um, you know, we all, we all live or spend a lot of time in Burlington, the three of us at times. And, um, you know, what if, what if, what if they were doing to us what they did to Fred, who, who would step in and stop it? Nobody. I mean, that's exactly what we were talking about. Um, when we talked about when we canceled the original gender critical meeting that we wanted to put together in 2020, um, or God, was it even 2019? I can't remember which year it was now because we weren't even sure that the police would help us. So we know what would happen. And that's if we were my, being nothing would question, happen. Josh, it's uh, you know, were the police there? Did the police step in? I mean, this is a busy parade route. Where were the police? Because this went on for quite a while. Well, this did go on for quite a while, and um, well. I have to I have to admit, like our, our police force has been um, due to largely done to the defund the police movement and the heinous rhetoric that has been espoused in the last few years. You know, our police department here in Burlington, along with many police departments all throughout Vermont, are under um, staffing shortages. But ours in particular, because our council was very activist and their rhetoric was very, uh, very pointed. We went from having over, I believe, 94 officers actively. We're down around 54 today. And um, to, today, there were two officers on on duty at the police department when I had to um, submit some documents to them. Just two during the day. Um, so there, we, we have a shortage of an officer, number one. And... Number two, and this is probably the most critical uh, flaw that uh, that occurred in planning. The Pride planners, the Pride Parade planners through Pride Center Vermont decided to practically at least double the parade route this year. They typically it leaves from the Hood plant, the former milk plant in Burlington, and it goes straight up Church Street um, and then hangs uh, left on Pearl and goes right into Battery Park. Well, the parade route was uh, was super extended this year. It started at the Hood plant, went up Church Street, hung a left on Bank Street, and then went down St. Paul, looped around City Hall Park to see the new uh, commemorative placard on um, LGBT liberation, um, and then to swing down Main Street and go the long way down Lake Street to um, to Waterfront Park. So they doubled the route. So it was longer and there was no police, there was no police longer, presence. Longer and no police presence, and, and truly there, there were there was no way to really secure a route that long, even if we did have a full, you know, slate of officers. So this was, uh, there was, there were flaws in the planning of this event. Uh, there were flaws in the security apparatus. Clearly, um, this should not have happened. And it's very disappointing that, that it did happen this way. Um, I want to draw. Result, yeah. Yep. Yeah, agreed. Um, I want to bring two other things into this conversation. First, just to quickly note, what a strange contrast it is between what you're telling me and what I saw in video and what our local progressive media has. I'm looking at the website of Vermont Digger, vtdigger.org, which is a progressive online newspaper. 
They've got a number of photographs from the Pride Parade. Everybody's happy and smiling, waving rainbow flags. And the headline says, Annual Pride Parade and Festival Celebrates Love and Community in Vermont by Glenn Russell. And it's very short. It's mostly pictures, but it says, Vermont's Pride wrapped up Sunday with an annual festival and a parade in a burst of rainbow flags and costumes celebrating and supporting the lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer community. Since 1983, Vermonters have marched to expand LGBTQ plus visibility, highlight the continued fight for equal rights, and to celebrate love. It's interesting, <laughs> isn't it? I wonder if this would have been different if someone else were pushed over. If a trans person were pushed over, would the headline be any different? Yeah, exactly. Well, that that <laughs> this brings us right into our meeting with uh, Mayor Moreau Weinberger. Well, this hold on one second, Josh. Like okay. that BT Digger is very cultivated news. They're essentially just putting out advertisements for it. I mean, if you want to see some real pictures, I don't know if either of you gentlemen have taken a look at the Pride Center of Vermont Facebook page, but they have a lot of pictures from Pride that they posted, including this, the stripper poles that they had up down there on Waterfront Park and that they had people dancing on. So, you know, family-friendly event. Um, but, you know, what you'll see in the news is always carefully cultivated and certainly wasn't representative of Mr. Sargent's experience. Right. So this week, we, um, that is Christopher and I, plus some other people, some actual homosexuals, believe it or not, went to one of the weekly uh, coffee with the mayor meetings that get held every week at a local restaurant. Um, <laughs> and it was interesting. You want to tell us about that, Christopher? Oh, well, yeah, I'd I'd love to tell you about it. So uh, a few interesting things. Uh, we all wanted to show up to support Fred and to demand of the mayor a couple of things. Um, namely, that this was a, a public crime. This crime was committed in public in front of a lot of people in broad daylight and was well documented. And as such, it is important that it be thoroughly investigated and that the perpetrators that were responsible for the heinous acts of assault against Mr. Sargent are held properly accountable for it. It's important that that be done. That is their responsibility. Bare minimum responsibility. Or, yep. And furthermore, I wanted to impress upon the mayor the importance of how, how I view it is very important that he condemn wholeheartedly and full-throatedly the attack on Mr. Sargent and recognize yep his important role in pride. And as a reminder to listeners, Mayor Moreau Weinberger released a statement from the mayor's office a couple of years ago when we, the homosexuals who wanted to have a meeting at the library to talk about the problem of the trans incursion and what it was doing to women and children, we were intimidated into canceling our meeting. Mayor Moreau Weinberger did not know who any of us were. He'd never met us, had never even heard our names. He released a statement saying that he was pleased that the event was canceled. Um, I don't remember the exact wording, but it was very clear that he meant to express that we were provocateurs, that our free speech rights were not to be um, were not to be respected, that we were potentially creating danger. So he was Johnny on the fucking spot to hang us out to dry for merely wanting to have a meeting to talk. But how was he when we presented the video evidence of an actual assault, as you said, in broad daylight? What was his reaction during that meeting earlier this week? He looked rather dismissive. He didn't seem as concerned. He, he wanted to see more. He kept saying uh, when we asked, insisted that this be investigated, he said, we're looking into it, but 
Uh, that was Wednesday morning that we met with the mayor. The incident happened on Sunday afternoon. And, you know, I. Um, Have we heard he was, anything he yet? Was, he was very well aware of what had happened by the day before, at least because I had reached out to him personally. Remember, I'm um, the chairman of the Burlington Republican Party. So uh, when I reached out to him, I was expecting him to get back to me. I spoke to him. I sent him a message at 630 in the morning on I believe Tuesday morning saying I need to talk to you today about Mr. Sargent's assault. Um, he never got back to me. Uh, he I called his office at noon. Um, they didn't get back to me. I went down there at two thirty, and I spoke with his chief of staff. Um, when I left City Hall, I sent him another message saying I just spoke with your chief of staff. We had a pleasant conversation, but I still need to talk to you today. And he made zero effort to to reach out that day at all at any point. Um, so well, I took it upon myself to make sure that I organized a proper and right group of of um, you know, respectable homosexuals. And we showed up at the coffee to express our concerns about Mr. Sargent and um, and truly a climate and a climate of of uninclusivity and, ex you know, uh, that he has fostered uh, towards us, gays and lesbians in this town. Yeah, I want to point. Then, yeah, I want to point out that um, this meeting went on. I, I will give I will give the mayor a little bit of process credit here. He did sit and take a drubbing from us for about 35 to 40 minutes. He he at least sat there and took it and didn't try to stop us from talking. That's more than some politicians will do, but that's all the credit I'm going to give him. You played the video. We all sat at a table. There were about 15 of us in this bagel shop. You played the video on an iPad. Everyone saw that woman, that drunk bitch, go after Fred and assault him repeatedly. And when you asked what he was going to do about this. And he said, well, we're looking into it. We're looking into it. One of his first responses back was, well, you know, I, I understand, but you know, there are trans people who feel really unsafe because of some of the, some of the uh, thoughts that have been expressed. Mm -hmm. Really? Really? Yeah. There are trans people who feel unsafe. We're sitting here showing you the goddamn videotape of a woman assaulting a gay man. We're talking about his assault. And he, he b before he even acknowledged that, all he could say was there are some trans people who f have feelings about words. This, listeners, th this is how insane it is. This is how cult-like it is. You can literally play somebody a live assault on an elderly person, and they don't, it doesn't even occur to an official to first at least give himself like at least give himself cover and say, my God, that's horrible. No, no, that wasn't the first thing that occurred to him. The first right. thing that occurred to him was trans people have hurt feelings. This, we are living in the upside down. Yeah, you're, you're, you're spot on, Josh. And I remember, remember he said, there were, he kept saying, we're looking into it. And at one point around the second or third time that I heard him say that, you know, my eyebrows started raising because that's, that's some tight political messaging right there. And that's when I leaned over to you and whispered in your ear. I said, doesn't that sound like he's trying to find a reason to blame Fred? I said, this is the group of people who who use um, online swarming tactics to to um, to espouse, you know, don't victim shame, don't victim shame, don't don't shame the victim all the time. And um, 
it really felt like he was adopting that kind of posture. There was no horror in his voice or eyes. Nothing, there was there's, no shock. Yeah, there nothing was no at all. Trying to, nothing to try and console the other gays and lesbians literally sitting at the table. Um, you know, it yeah, was shocking. And lest, lest anyone should be fooled here, and I'll give you my analysis, you know, take it or leave it. Um, but don't, I would say don't be fooled. Don't think that, that Moreau Weinberger and his administration have, are actually morally committed to the safety of, of this trans community that they, they claim to speak for all the time. He's doing this because they vote for him. I don't think he has any more tender feeling for them than he has tender feeling for Fred who got assaulted. Um, but they are willing. I mean, this pandering is because these are the people who vote for these extreme progressive candidates. That's all it is. Well, I mean, there's there's an argument to be made there. There's a, There's also a lot of progressive party members here in town, and they tend to vote for them too. But I will say this about Mayor Weinberger. He, uh, during that meeting on Wednesday, I don't know if you picked up on this, but when I was confronting him, I said, you know, Mr. Mayor, you, you are, you have been very well aware for a long time that there is a schism inside this community, inside our community, between gays and lesbians and the transgender community. And he admitted that. He admitted that he knew, he has known that there was a schism there. And that's why, remember, Josh, that's why I doubled down and really leaned into him. I said, then why have you refused to try and remedy this? Why have you refused to try and bring stakeholders to the table and have conversations? Quite yeah, the you, contrary. You know? At every turn, you have vilified gays and lesbians that have been foundational in our community for generations. And that's the posture you took. I said, I warned you back in April that this is escalating and you dismissed me. Yeah, dismissive is is exactly what it was. That's a good point to uh, bring it to an end. Christopher, I want to thank you very much for joining us and telling us about this. We are going to have more about it on the show on Sunday, so be sure to tune in to Disaffected on your favorite video platform. And also, if you want to talk to us about this more, there's a lot of people joining our Discord. If you sign up with patreon.com slash disaffected or subscribestar.com slash disaffected or by sending a PayPal donation to us at disaffected.fm. $5 gets you into a Discord chat. You don't get uh, you don't get told that you have to tow the political line. So thanks very much. We'll see you next time.